Chapter 3 of the Fir Tree Fairy Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Craig Franklin. The Fir Tree Fairy Book by Clifton Johnson. Chapter 3 The Babes in the Wood. A great many years ago, there was a brave and kind gentleman who was held in high esteem by all who knew him. His wife was good and beautiful, and they loved each other most tenderly. They lived together happily for many years, but at last the gentleman fell sick, and day after day he grew worse. So grieved was his lady by his illness that she, too, sickened. No medicine or anything else gave them any relief, and they realized that soon they would die. It troubled them greatly to think that they would be taken away from their two children, one a fine boy three years old, and the other a pretty little girl, not quite two. They talked together about the children's future and decided to give their babes into the care of the gentleman's brother. He was sent for and when he came, the dying man said to him, Ah, brother, you can plainly see that the time of both my wife and myself on earth is short. As for pain or death, we fear them not, but we are distressed to think of what our poor babes will do without their parents. Brother, they will have no one but you to be kind to them, and I commend them to your care. If you treat them well, said the mother, God will reward you. Have no fear as to my taking good care of them, said the brother. May God never prosper me or mine if I should do them wrong. Not long afterward, the gentleman and the lady died, and they were buried side by side in the same grave. It was found that the gentleman's will gave his son three hundred pounds a year after he came of age, and the girl was to be paid five hundred pounds in gold on the day that she married. But if they happened to die before the money was paid to them, their property was all to go to their uncle. He took them to his own home, and for a time made much of them, and showed them great kindness. At length, however, he began to covet their wealth, and to wish that they were dead so he could possess it. But they continued sturdy and well. Finally, he said to himself, It would not be very difficult for me to have them killed in such a way that my neighbours would never suspicion that I was responsible for the deed. Then their property would be mine, and that would be the end of the matter. With this thought in mind, the cruel uncle soon determined how to dispose of the children. He hired two burly ruffians who were used to doing desperate deeds to take the little boy and girl into a thick dark wood some distance away and slay them. To his wife, he told an artful story of intending to send the children to London where they could be brought up by one of his friends. Would you not like that, my pretty ones? He said to them. You will see famous London town, and you, my lad, can buy a fine wooden horse there and ride on it all day long, 
and you can buy a whip to make him gallop, and you can buy a sword to wear by your side. As for your sister, she shall have pretty frocks, and she shall have dolls and other nice playthings. Oh, yes, I will go, uncle, said the little boy. Goody, goody, said the little girl, and I will go too. So he got them ready, as if for a long journey, and sent them off in a fine coach in charge of the two wretches. As they rode along, the children prattled pleasantly to the men who intended to be their butchers. When they reached the borders of the dark, thick wood, the ruffians took their charges out of the coach and told them they might walk a little way and gather some flowers. While the children were running about, the men turned their backs on them and began to talk about what they had to do. Truly, said one, now that I have seen their sweet faces and heard their pretty talk, I have no heart to do the cruel deed. Nor have I, said the other, but we have been paid so much to do this thing that I shall complete my part of the bargain. The more kindly disposed ruffian would not agree to such a course, and they argued, till they got angry and began to fight. They drew the big knives with which they had planned to kill the babes, and the one who wished to spare the children stabbed his comrade so that the fellow fell dead in the grass. The victor now knew not what to do with the children, for he wanted to get away as quickly as possible lest he should be found there and made to suffer for the death of his companion. He thought the best thing he could do would be to leave them in the wood and trust that they would be kindly treated by whoever passed that way and discovered them. So he went to where they had rambled in their flower-picking and said, Take my hands and come with me. For two long miles he led them on, and then they began to complain that they were hungry. Stay here, quoth he, and I will go and get you something to eat. So away he went, and the babe sat there a long time waiting for him to return. Will the strange man come soon with some cakes for us? said the little girl. In a little while, I think, responded the boy. I wish I had some cakes said she. Then they stood up and looked all about as far as they could among the trees, and no one could they see. They listened too, but heard no sound of approaching footsteps, nothing, only the wind fluttering in the foliage above their heads. Perhaps we had better go to meet the man, said the boy, and hand in hand they wandered about in the wood. They found some blackberries and stained their lips eating them, at last night came, and they sat down and cried themselves to sleep. When day dawned again, they resumed their wandering, but they could not find their way out of the wood, nor were they any more successful in the days that followed. And as they could not live on blackberries, they died. There was no one to bury the pretty babes. But Robin Redbreast saw them lying in the woodland, and he covered them with leaves. Meanwhile, the wicked uncle supposed they had been killed according to his orders, and he let it be understood that they had died in London of the smallpox. He took their fortune to himself, and thought he had provided amply for his comfort and pleasure to the end of his days. 
but instead of happiness, he experienced only misfortune. He had no peace of mind, because he had an evil conscience, and his thoughts dwelt on the death of the babes. Moreover, his barns burnt, his harvests failed, his cattle died in the field, and his two sons, who had gone on a voyage to Portugal, were wrecked and drowned. In the end, he was brought to want and misery. He pawned his jewels and mortgaged his land, and he was thrown into jail for debt, and there died. About that time, the ruffian who had left the children in the wood was captured after committing some crime and was sentenced to be hanged. When he knew that he must die, he sent for the keeper of the prison where he had been shut up and confessed all the wicked deeds he'd done. Among other things, he told of the two babes he and his companion had been hired to kill. And thus, their sad fate was made known. End of chapter 3